Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Tian Yu. Coming up in this edition, the number of Palestinians killed in the conflict in Gaza has surged to over 10,000 as Israel continues bombardments in the enclave. Chinese President Xi Jinping has met Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese in Beijing, and former U.S. President Donald Trump has defended his wealth and business on the witness stand in New York. We start with the Israel-Hamas conflict. Israel's bombardment of Gaza is not letting up as the number of Palestinians killed in the enclave has climbed to over 10,000. Among them, 4,100 were children. Gaza's health ministry says an Israeli airstrike has hit a building in the Al Shifa hospital complex, the largest medical facility in Gaza, killing one person. It says the building was hosting 170 patients and hundreds of displaced Palestinians. Israel has denied that its forces targeted the facility. It is accusing Hamas of using the hospital as a shield for its tunnels and operations. Noah Harazin has more from the besieged Gaza Strip. Actually, it was one of the hardest nights that the people of Gaza had to go through. The Israeli warplanes showered, struck Gaza with uh, tens of airstrikes and also white phosphor bombs, specifically in areas like West Gaza, Ashat refugee camp, Northern Gaza, Jabalia, and uh, Beit Hanun uh, refugee camps, and also Eastern Gaza, like Ashajaia and Azaytun neighborhoods uh, here in Middle Gaza and Israeli.、Uh, Strike on Al Maghazi refugee camp、uh, founded a whole block to the ground. Fifty-two people were、uh, killed in this one Israeli attack on Al Maghazi、uh, refugee camp. At the same time, Israel continues its attacks on、uh, Palestinian hospitals here in Gaza, especially those that are operating. Since the morning, the Israeli warplanes targeted Al Nasser Hospital, the Eyes、uh, Hospital, which is also、uh, close to the Al Nasser Hospital that is specialized in treating、uh, children. They also attacked the Arantisi. Uh, cancer hospital. This hospital is、uh, specializes in、uh, treating kids with、uh, cancer. At the same time, also attacked the front gate of the Al Quds Hospital, and the Israeli warplanes targeted the、uh, solar plant、uh, on the rooftop of the Ashifa Hospital. According to the IDF, the Salah Adin Road is open to allow people to evacuate from northern Gaza to southern Gaza, but. Because that repeatedly, the Israeli army said that the roads are safe, and previously attacked Palestinians and their cars, civilians trying to evacuate. Now, a very small number of people are putting their trust in the uh, recent uh, statements by the IDF. That was Noah Harazin in Gaza. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres is again calling for an end to the conflict. He described the intensifying fighting as a crisis of humanity. Jody Jacobs has more. The United Nations chief says Gaza is becoming, in his words, a graveyard for children, adding that hundreds of girls and boys are reportedly being killed or injured every day. Guterres says the international community faces an immediate and fundamental responsibility to stop the collective suffering and dramatically expand humanitarian aid. To Gaza, the United Nations has launched a 1.2 billion dollar humanitarian appeal to help 2.7 million people, the entire population of Gaza, and 
half a million Palestinians in the West Bank. And Guterres had strong words for both sides participating in the conflict. And the images of suffering are heartbreaking and soul-crushing. But we must find a way to hold on to our common humanity. I think of civilians in Gaza, the vast majority women and children, terrified by the relentless bombardment. That was UN Chief Antonio Guterres ending that report from Jody Jacobs. In China, President Xi Jinping has met Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese in Beijing. President Xi said China and Australia, without historical enmities or fundamental conflicts of interest, can be mutually successful partners. The Chinese leader advocated for a relationship based on equality and mutual benefit to further their comprehensive strategic partnership and meet common interests and regional expectations. He emphasized China's role in bringing certainty to the global economy and called for a cooperation in new areas such as climate change and green economic initiatives. The president also expressed support for legislative and think tank exchanges, youth engagement, and broader cooperation in the South Pacific to both to resilience against climate change. With more, Greg Navarro reports from Sydney. There's been a lot of reaction over the last 12 to 24 hours of Anthony Albanese's trip to China and his meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping. The coverage has been mostly positive of how Albanese handled himself, conducted himself during the first visit by an Australian Prime Minister to China in nearly seven years. Albanese himself has said the goal all along was for a more stabilized relationship, and that is especially after the last couple of years in which the relationship hit a low point uh, marked by a freeze in high-level ministerial meetings, trade blockages, and tariffs. In fact, stabilization has really been the goal of Albanese's government since he assumed office more than a year ago. Now, the political analysis from within his government, as you would expect, very positive, praising his performance during his time with the Chinese president. Also, that included noting that uh, Australia has managed to weather those trade blockages and tariffs. Remember, trade between the two countries has remained very strong. Those exporters impacted, uh, according to some politicians, able to find other markets to diversify where they can. And there is a very hopeful sign that, uh, according to uh, people within his government, that those remaining Australian exporters, primarily wine, lobster, and some beef producers, will uh, be able to gain full access once again. Now, Australia's opposition government, as you can imagine, had a bit more of a wary approach while still praising the Prime Minister for his uh, trip to China and his approach in all this, saying that trust remains an issue. One interesting thing with all this, though, analysts say the impact to Australian businesses, whether they're actually doing business in China at the moment or looking to do business, the symbolism involved with uh, front-page photos in newspapers here and on websites where the two leaders are shaking hands and smiling sends a very powerful message. They say that will only help to encourage more people-to-people exchanges between the two nations. That was Greg Navarro in Sydney. Staying in China, the first Belt and Road Conference on Science and Technology Exchange is underway in the southwestern city of Chongqing. Young scientists and scholars from around the world are exchanging ideas on how science and technology can empower the sustainable development of the Belt and Road Initiative partner countries and the world. Zheng Songwu takes a closer look. President Xi Jinping reiterated China's commitment to fully implement the Belt and Road Science, Technology and Innovation Cooperation Action Plan and to advance international exchanges in science and technology innovation. 
He made these remarks in a congratulatory letter sent to the very first Belt and Road Conference on Science and Technology Exchange. The two-day event in Chongqing brought together global scientists and scholars from countries such as China, Egypt, Mozambique, and Nepal. Attendees are poised to participate in five featured events, including the Belt and Road Forum for young scientists from around the world. The forum serves as a platform for exchanging ideas to address the challenges facing Belt and Road partner countries and the broader international community. The young scientists and scholars share their expertise, including food security, addressing plastic pollution, water research, and intelligent innovations for sustainable development in the Upper Yangtze River basins. Senior and experienced scientists took the opportunity to encourage the young to pursue the science they believe in. The conference serves as not only a platform for scientists and scholars to exchange ideas, but also as an opportunity to promote further cooperation between the Belt and Road partner countries, and it also contributes to the building of a community of a shared future for mankind. That was Zhang Songwu reporting. Finally, in North America, former U.S. President Donald Trump has defended his wealth and business on the witness stand in New York. He also denounced a lawsuit accusing him of dramatically inflating his net worth. It's the first time in more than a century that a former U.S. president has testified as a defendant in a court case. Karina Michelle reports on this dramatic moment. Now, this is a civil case; it's not a criminal one. Being brought by New York Attorney General Letitia James, she has alleged that the defendants helped inflate Donald Trump's net worth and the valuations of his properties in this case, and helped him secure better financial terms for things like loans and insurance. Earlier, she spoke outside the courthouse, hinting at what might be expected inside the courtroom today. Take a listen. Before he takes the stand, I am certain. That he will engage in name calling, and taunts, and race baiting, and call this a witch hunt. But at the end of the day, the only thing that matters are the facts and the numbers. And numbers, my friends, don't lie. Now Trump himself has admitted no wrongdoing in the case. He continues to call it a sham, a disgrace, and a witch hunt. Against him, he was incredibly animated inside the court. He was sparring with the judge. He was making digs at Letitia James at one point, saying the judge would rule against him because that's just what he always does. For his part, the judge admonished Trump and told him to just stick to answering the questions and to be concise. That was something that he was not able to do. At one point, the judge beseeched his team,、uh, Trump's attorneys, to please control his client. Otherwise, he said he would, and he would strike his testimony. And inferring the worst possible outcome—not something anybody wants to see happen in a trial—but drama seems to follow Trump around wherever he goes. There have already been two gag orders issued in this case. Now there is no jury in this case, so before the trial even started, the judge has deemed that the defendants did commit fraud. So this really is a penalty sort of part of the trial that's going on. The stakes are incredibly high for Donald Trump. The AG wants to revoke his ability and his two elder sons' ability to conduct any type of business in New York and impose a $250 million fine. Of course, none of this stopping Trump in the polls. In the most recent one, he is ahead in five out of six key battleground states. That was Karina Michelle in New York. Recapping today's headlines. 
The number of Palestinians killed in the conflict in Gaza has surged to over 10,000 as Israel continues bombardments in the enclave. Chinese President Xi Jinping has met Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese in Beijing. And former U.S. President Donald Trump has defended his wealth and business on the witness stand in New York. And that's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports, and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tian Yu. Thank you for listening.